morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. During events, local, world news, and trending, I am your host, Doug from London, Ontario, Canada. This is September the 11th at 9 a.m. Thank you for joining me this morning. The National Truth and Reconciliation Day will not be a statutory holiday here in Ontario, Canada. And if you plan to travel to Canada, some information that you'll need to know before you depart to this country. Thank you for joining me. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are, another weekend. And it looks like it's going to be another really nice day here in the province of Ontario, Canada. It looks like we are going to be in the low 80s. Lots of sunshine. Get out there and enjoy your weekend. Do it safely. Have some fun. So, anybody wishing to travel to Canada, things that you'll need to know before you book your flight. Now, this came into effect for other countries around the world on September the 7th, just a few days ago. As you may or may not know, our land border is open to fully vaccinated Americans who wish to come over into Canada and do shopping and dining and visit. Tourism whatever the case may be. The same goes for other countries around the world to fully vaccinated people only. Now, everything you need to know about the new travel rules coming into effect just a few days ago on September the 7th. Now, the federal government, you know, even in this time of this pandemic, you know, with the Delta variant still out there, they felt that it was time to loosen or ease in restrictions for travelers who would like to come to Canada. And this is fully vaccinated foreign nationals who will be allowed to enter Canada for non-essential purposes such as tourism starting on September the 7th. Now the international travels who meet any conditions who do not meet any of the conditions will have to quarantine for 14 days upon arrival. 
Now, if you're not fully vaccinated, you know, you really, you really can't come here to Canada. Now, you want to give yourself a lot of time because there's a lot of paperwork involved in order to plan for your trip to come to Canada. And that, and that goes the same with, with Americans um, who are fully vaccinated, whether you're traveling by land or you're traveling by air across the border. Now, for international travelers from around the world who are fully vaccinated, that they will have to be, like I said, fully vaccinated. And they have received and show proof of a full series of vaccine or combination of vaccines approved by the government at least 14 days prior to entering Canada. Now, the list of the accepted vaccines to come to Canada is Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, and of course, Johnson & Johnson. Have a negative result from a valid pre-arrival COVID-19 test taken no more than 72 hours before their scheduled flight or their arrival at the land border crossing or a previous positive test result taken between 14 and 100 days prior to arrival. Now, you have to submit their mandatory information via on the Arrive Can app or Canada's website, including proof of vaccination in English or French and a quarantine plan with 72 hours before the arrival to Canada. And you'll have to take a test on our arrival if selected. Any international travel travelers arriving before September 7th, well, you don't have to worry about now, that you wouldn't be allowed. But we're past that. Now, when it comes to vaccinated parents traveling with unvaccinated children, under the age of 12, traveling with fully vaccinated parents or guardians are exempt from quarantine, but must follow enhanced public health measures, which include not attending daycare or schools for 14 days, Unvaccinated children, 12 to 17, and dependent children 18 years or older are allowed to enter Canada with, with a fully vaccinated parent or guardian, but are subject, are subject to a 14-day quarantine measure. Now, eligible travelers who are not fully vaccinated. There are no changes to the testing and quarantine requirements for travelers who are not fully vaccinated but are eligible to enter Canada, such as Canadian citizens, permanent residents, or persons preserved under the Indian, Indian Act. 
Those travelers are still subject to quarantine, all testing requirements, pre-arrival on the day one and day eight, and the mandatory submission of travel and contact quarantine plan via the Arrival Can app. Now, flights from Morocco and India remain suspended. So anybody who are traveling from those countries are not allowed to come to Canada. Now, it's great, I think, that, you know, we've actually hit the stage where we are at here in Canada. We are one of the countries that have the most vaccination rate in the world. We're sitting at about 77% fully vaccinated Canadians. So it's always important to check the Canadian website and what you need to do before arriving here in Canada. Now, they're also talking about um, they had a, they actually had a list here as well for people who want to know a little bit more. Um, of, of how you're going to be able to come to Canada. Like I said, you have to be fully vaccinated in order to come here for leisure and shopping, entertainment, whatever the case may be for fully vaccinated individuals around the world. Now, the other thing here is, this is what I was looking for right here. Kind of just, you know, questions that people would generally ask. And do I need to get a COVID-19 test before traveling to Canada? And the answer is yes. Every traveler, regardless of vaccination status, needs to show proof of a negative COVID-19 test at the time of departure to Canada. And the airline staff will be ver verifying passengers' paperwork at the time of boarding. People ask who can enter Canada. Canadian residents, students, and temporary foreign workers, among others, are allowed to enter Canada. All foreign nationals who qualify for the fully vaccinated traveler exemption are now allowed to enter Canada. People ask, who needs to quarantine on entry? Travelers who are partially vaccinated or unvaccinated must quarantine for 14 days. Fully vaccinated travelers who meet the requirements will not need to quarantine. However, all travelers must still provide a quarantine plan and prepared and be prepared to quarantine in case it is determined at the border that they do not meet the necessary 
requirements. Other questions people are asking, if I'm vaccinated, can I enter Canada? Canadian residents, students, temporary foreign workers, among others, are allowed to enter Canada. Fully vaccinated foreign nationals are now allowed to enter Canada for discretionary travel. If you are a Canadian resident, student, or temporary foreign worker that is fully vaccinated, you can enter and you may not and you may not be required to meet quarantine and testing requirements. And of course, if you're a Canadian resident, student, or temporary foreign worker that is partially vaccinated, you can enter but still need to meet quarantine and testing requirements. Now, it's pretty simple, pretty straightforward stuff, ladies and gentlemen. You know, in order to, to come to Canada, if you have family here, you have friends here that you haven't seen over the past 18 months because of this pandemic, you're allowed to come here if you're fully vaccinated. Now, another thing I want to talk about, because, you know, this is just so important, you know, and you've, you've probably heard me discuss this before here on my show. And that has to do with the residential school system that, you know, which is such a huge black eye on this nation of how Aboriginal people, children specifically, were treated in the residential school system. And it wasn't something that, you know, um, they were asked to, you know, hey, you want your kid to go to a residential school? No, that's not how it worked. And these schools, you know, from the 17th century until the late 1990s, and I find that really disturbing that, you know, these residential schools were still operating in the late 1990s, and the government fully understood and fully knew, you know, what was going, what was going on. Now, a little bit of a history of these residential schools is that children, indigenous children, were taken from their families forcefully and put into these residential school. And the system was imposed on indigenous people as part of a broad set of assimilation efforts to destroy their rich cultures and identities and to suppress their histories. And the accounts of residential school survivors provide critical insight into the devastating experience that children had at residential schools and the long-term impact of these experiences, not only on survivors, but on their families and the communities. Now, Sir A. MacDonald, the first Prime Minister of Canada, 
was all for this. Now, over the course of time and, and most recently during coming into the springtime, where these residential schools once stood, they had discovered unmarked graves of hundreds of indigenous children. Nobody even knew what happened to them, not even their parents. Never ever knew what happened to their kids. Children would try to run away from these schools only to be found and brought back and punished. Others weren't so lucky. And especially in the winter time where they would just freeze to death because they wouldn't know how far they away they were away from their home. And it certainly wasn't walking distance. They even traveled by airplane so that they were far enough that they couldn't get back to their parents. Now, what the government is proposing here in Ontario, and as the federal government is going to recognize September the 30th, why this day, I don't know why it's September the 30th. The federal government is going to recognize it as the National Truth and Reconciliation Day. And that all federal related businesses, people who work for government, federal government, It'll be a statutory holiday. But here in, the, here in the province of Ontario, September 30th will not be a provincial stat holiday. How they're going to recognize this day, they haven't really even said. I mean, they still have, I don't know what, a couple of weeks to figure it out. Now, some employers and employees may agree to treat this day such, and some may be required to do so if it can be negotiated into a collective agreement for unions, whatever the case may be. Now, the Ontario 
is working in collaboration with the indigenous partners, survivors, and affected families to ensure that the, res the respectful um, commemoration of this day within the province, similar to Remembrance Day. See, now, Remembrance Day, you know, back when I was in, in grade school, we had that day off. There was no schools. That changed over over the years. Um, again, you know, with when it comes to Remembrance Day, you know, federal employees, federal government, banks, all that sort of stuff, they get that day off for Remembrance Day. But the rest of the province doesn't. Now, in my opinion, you know, in light, you know, with these um, residential schools that took place throughout our history. I think it should be a stat holiday. Now, when it comes to who's going to be getting this day off, really, um, anyone who works for a federal uh, regulated company that operates under the Canada Labor Code will receive a paid holiday for National Truth and, Rec and Reconciliation Day. Now, some of the examples... Of course, the, the federally reg, reg, uh, regulated business include Air Canada, WestJet Canada, Post, UPS Canada, Bell Canada, Rogers Communications. All federal public service workers in Ontario will get the day off. Banks will also be closed as they are federally regulated in Canada. Now, this also is going to include... Um, Road transportation services, including trucks and buses that cross provincial and international borders. Trucking industry is federal regulated here in Canada. Um, there's just so many different businesses, corporations, and everything that is regulated by the federal government, which those um, businesses... Um, We'll get that day off. And even people who work in radio, television, broadcasting, of course, it's regulated by the CRTC, which is federal. They will also get the day off on September the 30th. You know, sometimes I feel that, you know, the provincial government here in Ontario always seems to be dragging their feet when it comes to such important issues such as these residential schools. See, another fact here, ladies and gentlemen, is that this was not taught in our history books in school. If you didn't hear about residential schools and you didn't hear how they were run, you would know nothing of what took place.
and why it is so important for the truth and reconciliation with the indigenous people of Canada, who, by the way, were here long before the white man. But you see, Sir A. MacDonald wanted to integrate children into white man society because, you know, the, the, the parents and, and the, and the elderlies, you know, it probably to him at that point in time would be more difficult to change them. So they would take their children and put them in these schools. They would cut their hair. They would clothe them in what a white man would wear. They were not allowed to speak their language. And of course, you know, with, with, with the, um, with the abuse, physical and mental and the way and the way they were treated ladies and gentlemen I want to bring up a Pacific um, quote here from Sir A. MacDonald, the first Prime Minister of what he said. And it's in actually the second quote. And these are his exact words, 1879. When the school is on the reserve, the child lives with its parents who are savages. And though he may learn to read and write, his habits and training mode of thought are Indian. He is simply a savage who can read and write. It has been strongly impressed upon myself as head of the department, the Indian children should be withdrawn as much as possible from the parental, from the parental influence. And the only way to do that would be to put them in a central training industrial schools well, where they will require the habits and modes of thoughts of white men. Those were his exact words in 1879. The first prime minister of Canada. Now, I think this one here, this is Duncan Campbell Scott. He was the deputy superintendent, uh, superintendent general of the Indian Affairs in 1913 until 1932. 
And he took the groundwork of McDonald's legacy of the repressive policies towards indigenous peoples further down uh, on the convenium in the assimilation. It is readily acknowledged that Indian children lose their natural resistance you know, to Ill, illness by habitating so closely in these schools, and that they, and they die at a much higher rate in their than in their in their villages. But this alone does not justify a change in the policy of the department. So they're looking for a change of the policy, and Duncan Campbell Scott was not going for it. And the system was open to criticism. Insufficient care was, was exercised in the admission of children to the schools. The well-known, all the trials and tribulation resulted in a very large percentage of deaths among the pupils. They were housed in buildings not carefully designed for school purposes. And these buildings became infected and dangerous to the inmates, as they call them, or they even call them inmates. It is quite within the in the mark to say that 50% of the children who passed through these schools did not live to benefit from the educational which they had received, 1914. Educational benefits, they were put to work. They weren't getting education. The importance of the National Truth and Reconciliation Day all across Canada, and it varies from province to province, and here, and unfortunately here in Ontario, our Premier does not want to take a stand and have it a stat holiday. You know, there is so much that we can learn from our Aboriginal people. There's so much we can learn from these residential schools. That the last one closed in the late 1990s. I can't even understand how it was still going that long. Now that statement that I read to you, the second one here from John A. McDonald, about the children lives with their parents who are savages. That is just appalling. The unfortunate thing today, ladies and gentlemen, racism still runs rampant towards indigenous people. And not only indigenous people, but other people of society, blacks, Muslims, Asian. We live in the 21st century and we still have racism. 
Who can change that? We can. Education. And when it comes to our residential schools that we had back in the, till up to the late 90s, you know, like I said, was never ever taught in our history. And it should be. It should be in every history book and it should be taught in our classrooms. try to understand how this happened. But of course, you know, white man, white supremacy, ran rapid, rapid back in the early 1800s, 17th century. said this before on my podcast we were not born racist racism is taught when will that stop probably it won't The National Truth and Reconciliation for our Aboriginal men, women, and children. Our Prime Minister today, Justin Trudeau, has said that he would leave the Canadian flag at half-staff. Until we can solve more matters with the indigenous people of Canada. Other candidates running for prime minister's office saying they'll just leave the flag raised. What should we do? Either way, treaties and reconciliation needs to continue and these things still need to be discussed. In this federal election, And as things, you know, transpire and more things come out about the residential schools and potentially even more unmarked graves found on the properties of where these schools once stood. Leaves a lot of open wounds. for the indigenous people of Canada.
and that these talks on reconciliation and treaty rights still need to continue. And this is playing a big role in this campaign, in this federal election. Because we all get our say on September the 20th. For all eligible voters out there, 18 years of age and older, who are eligible to vote. It doesn't matter who you are. You have that right to vote. And it's so important to vote. Even if you don't like the candidates, even if you don't like the politics, or even anything. It's so important to vote. You know, if you don't vote, then you can't complain. You can't complain about the politics if you don't vote. This is a tough election for all candidates involved. I mean, the Prime Minister of Canada called this early election. He felt strongly enough that he was ahead in the polls to begin with and everything that he has put forward throughout this pandemic and all the financial aid that he has helped all Canadians who needed it and getting these vaccines that are, are so much needed and other policies, everything that, that, that he's been doing, he feel he or felt that you know, this will be a landslide election for him. But it's not going to be a landslide win for Justin Trudeau. See, right now, before the, well, before the election, we had a minority government, which means he didn't have full reign. He's looking for a majority. Which I think he's going to be disappointed that it will still end up a, um, a minority government. I would be surprised if he got a majority government. Promises, promises, promises. We all know what elections are like. We all know what they're about. Politicians throw everything at you they possibly can to get their votes. And you know that not every promise can be kept. The most important things that matter to us is our, our health, our health care, jobs wages, human rights. Important things, less taxes, 
you know, they, they come out and say, oh, we're going we're gonna to tax the rich, make it fair across the board. <laughs> you can tax the one percenters all you want. You know, they have so much money that they just offset their taxes. Middle-class families, low-income families, you know, I pay 28% in taxes, 28%. Doesn't sound like a lot, but you know, you know, when that comes off your paycheck at the end of the day, yeah, that's a lot. You know, that's somewhere, you know, you know, for just on my, based on my income, that's somewhere around, you know, anywhere from 12 to, to $14,000 a year in taxes. I'm, I'm sure the rich pay their share. Some people don't feel that way, but you know, politicians, that's what they do. We're going to tax the rich and we're going to give back to the poor. Promises they made with the indigenous people of Canada. Some promises go through, promises broken. There's treaties still out there that just the average Canadian knows nothing about. Whether they're being upheld or not. That's to remain to be seen. How many treaties are there out there? Have the Aboriginal people, you know, and, and their leaders have even touched so many different treaties on rights, liberties, and freedoms and land? Of course, once, you know, the, the, the land once belonged to the indigenous people, you know, now is crown property. Now we can live wherever we want. Indigenous people can live wherever they want. If they so choose to, to live on the reserve, that's their choice. If they choose to live in the cities, that's their choice. But the treatment still the way people are even treated, ladies and gentlemen. I've read articles, you know, when it comes to indigenous people and the health care, you know, you may look at indigenous people and say addiction, alcohol, drugs, 
it's not just in, in, in the indigenous society addiction. Because addiction doesn't know any culture. Doesn't know any ages. Doesn't matter if you're black, white, Hispanic, Wherever you come from, addiction is everywhere. But the way they're treated is different. And the stories told from how they're treated, if they end up in the hospital. or even left untreated. I myself, with this National Truth and Reconciliation Day, will treat it as such as though it is Remembrance Day. Whether I get the day off or not, that's irrelevant. And just like Remembrance Day, on the 11th hour, the 11th month, the 11th day, how many of us actually stop what we're doing? If you're able to. I mean, it's not like, you know, the whole country is just going to just stop. <laughs> you know, all traffic stop on the road at 11 a.m. But take the time to, to reflect on what you have, your freedoms. From the end of the Great War, in remembrance of the fallen. And the Truth and Reconciliation Day is in recognition of these children who were forcefully removed from their homes in the 1700s and 1800s here in Canada and put into this residential school system only to be tried to be changed into a white man here in Canada we have many different cultures and we have and we always have But we never 
somehow, or not all of us, some of us, obviously, you know, embrace this culture of the indigenous people. Imagine being stripped of your heritage, your language, and placed in an institution Yeah, no, and anyways, that's just a ridiculous um, remark, you know, honestly. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, you know, if you're going to come on the show there, Penny, and you have remarks like that, don't come on the show because, you know, I take... Uh, offense to any sort of remarks like that. It's absolutely ridiculous. Now, ladies and gentlemen, have yourself a great weekend. Take care. Be safe out there. If you have nice weather, get out there and enjoy it because here in Southern Ontario, Canada, it's going to be another beautiful day out here in the low 80s. So get out there and enjoy your day. Enjoy your, enjoy your weekend. Tell your loved ones that you love them. Give them a hug. And take care, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me this Saturday morning here on the Truckers Podcast. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Thank you. Take care.